So we are finishing our 2023 um, top five series. And um, the, the, the top five that we were, um, the question that was being brought up to St. John was, what are you hoping for this year? What are you hoping for this year? And we started off, um, you were um, hoping for the plan. What is the plan for St. John? What is the plan? And for that topic, um, we reviewed what Jesus told us to do. That was the question we asked. What did Jesus tell us to do? And in Matthew 28, he told us to make disciples and to remember that he is with us. And I tried to leave you with this, that since Jesus already laid out the plan, if we fail to follow the plan, the plan we follow will fail. Then we went to the second topic, um, uh, which was maturity. And the question uh, presented was, how can believers reach maturity? And it was to remember that God has supplied our needs. He's already done it. He's already done it. He has already given us everything we need for life and godliness right now, according to 2 Peter. Um, and so, since God has given us everything we need, we've got to use what we've got. Amen. Sometimes our prayer is not should not necessarily be for God to give us something but for him to open up our eyes to what we already have. Um, then the third topic was more caring, less tearing. Um, that was the more, one of the things that St. John was hoping for, more caring, less tearing. Um, and the question was, how should we treat others who are in the wrong? And then we started, we saw, we started talking about restoring those who fall. Then we correct those who fall but there are those who actively try to make others fall and, and those we reject, reject others or those who make others fall. And we reiterated that we need a care ministry, not a tear ministry. And then a couple of weeks ago, we covered uh, topic number four. Um, it was a better, uh, St. John wanted a better understanding of hurting and, and healing. And we uh, covered that pain, you know, is a signal that something is wrong. Um, and that's what we use pain for, to understand that something is wrong. And we talked about painkillers, uh, not only physical ones, but emotional, spiritual ones. Um, painkillers are designed to give relief, but they're not designed to heal. Um, and we have to be careful of treating God like a painkiller instead of a pain healer. And so with that, um, we move forward with the last number five of the top five. And also before I keep going, I want to mention that um, just as we've done in previous years, um, next Sunday, the next sermon um, is going to be different. It's the only time that we do this all year. And that sermon um, well, actually, next Sunday, there, there will not be a sermon. Um, it'll, be time, it'll be a time to answer questions um, from, from the, um, 
sermons that were given. So come with your questions, not only to the last four, but even today. Um, come with your questions. Um, and and uh, we can all uh, minister, uh, be ministered to by the Holy Spirit together. Amen? So that is next Sunday. I'm just letting you know. Next Sunday can be five minutes or it can be an hour. And it has been an hour plus before. Um, so I'm just letting you know. Bring your questions for next Sunday. Um, but this Sunday, this sermon um, is coming from the book of 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians. If you look in the New Testament, it's kind of in the middle there. Um, if you don't know where it is, there's a table of contents. Um, look in the New Testament section, but it's 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter. And what we're going to do is try to cover the entire um, 2 Thessalonians 2. Um, uh, for, in the interest of time, we're just going to read the first couple of verses. However, um, however, uh, we, we want to um, cover the entire 2 Thessalonians 2. When you have it, say amen. Amen. Still need some time? Say, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Um, somebody in the pulpit said, wait a minute. So... Amen. Keep praying for me, y'all. It's always when I get ready to preach that I start to get that cotton mouth. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I know it's just a distraction. I know it's just a distraction, but uh, just keep praying for me. Second Thessalonians, the second chapter, the first through second verses. I understand the time is well spent and we are going to move at the Lord's pace today. Um, Second Thessalonians, second chapter, verses one through two. I will read out of the Christian Standard Bible version. You will find similar words printed in your text. It reads as follows. It says, now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him. We ask you, brothers and sisters, not to be easily upset or troubled, either by a prophecy or by a message or by a a letter supposedly from us alleging that the day of the Lord has come. And the topic that you, St. John, um, uh, wanted to hear today, what you were hoping for, is the coming of Christ. The coming of Christ may be seated. We see the decline of Christianity in the Western world. We see that the church is having less and less influence, um, not only in America, but even Europe, um, which, is two of, which are two of the places with rich, rich church history. Many of the laws were based on um, um, biblical principles. Uh, many programs uh, were set up because of biblical principles. And to be honest with you, a lot of us feel nervous nowadays. We feel nervous that the church is, is losing its grip on society. 
We feel nervous that the most prominent aspect of the church seems to have been co-opted by those who want to use the church for political or financial gain. And, and it seems like real Christianity is losing. It seems like even in, when we look at our churches nowadays in St. John, if we could be real, if we look around right now, it, it, it seems like we... We, we, we missed the days where people were just were standing up because there was no more room. We missed the days that, 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 that Christianity was, 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 was flowing in and, and through society. And so when we look around now, we get nervous. And then this leads, not only uh, uh, this, but then you also hear about other reports we know that there's wars and rumors of wars. We, we've seen uh, things transpire, and, and, and uh, a combination of these things is, is leading us to say that we are living in the last days. However, most times when the church uh, 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 says something like that, that we're, you know, this is the end times, we're, we're living in the last days, there's always... Uh, 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 seems to be a negative kind of undertone. Uh, you know, this is the end times. You know, churches ain't going to survive. This is the end times. Nobody's going to listen to the word of God no more. These are the end times. You know, life is not going to be what it used to be. But when we read the Bible, when we read this Bible, we are not to be worried about these times. A lot of the church is so nervous, so, so scared that we're living in these end times and, 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 and we're wondering and, and what's going to happen, but we're not even supposed to be worried. So why, why not? Why should we not be worried? Why should we not be worried about the end times? And this is what uh, Paul is dealing with in, uh, with the church of Thessalonica. And um, in, in chapter 2, uh, uh, Paul is dealing with the fact that uh, this church uh, was getting false teaching. But the false teaching was, uh, was very interesting. It was very interesting. It was saying that the day of the Lord had already come. You know, the, the end times had already come. And this was making the church nervous. Uh, verse 1, it says, Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we, talking about Pete, Paul, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to be easily upset or troubled either by a prophecy or by a message or by a letter supposedly from us, alleging that the day of the Lord had come, has come. And the reason this was such a big issue was not only was it causing a lot of panic, not only was the church anxious, not only was the church wondering what's going to happen and, and, and when is war going to break out and, and, and who's going to be destroyed and, 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 and what's going on, not only was it causing the church a lot of panic, and we know that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but that church had a spirit of fear. 
Not only that, but people had essentially stopped doing anything. Why? The end is here. Why go to work if the world's about to end? Why go out and witness to others if the world is about to end? This is what the church of Thessalonica was dealing with. And I feel like sometimes the church of uh, 2023 has the same mentality. You know, the world is dying. Yeah, ain't ain't nobody going to accept Jesus Christ. Why should we even witness? We should, be more, uh, uh, we should be more about protecting ourselves. We should be more about making sure that we don't fall away. Because everybody else is going to perish. And there are those of us who have this mentality. That people are just going to do what they're just going to do. And instead of trying to share the love of Jesus Christ with them instead of trying to let them know that there is a way out, that that Jesus uh, has made a way for you and I to be uh, uh, in unity with the Father. Instead of doing that, we just going to let people be how they're going to be and let this generation die without knowing Christ. So what does Paul say about this? What does Paul say about this? One of the things... Uh, uh, reasons why we should not be worried about the end times is that the end has not happened yet. Okay. Paul lists some of these things that need to happen before the day of the Lord. Verse 3 says, don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first. You know, and some versions have rebellion. Basically, what's happening is there is going to be a wider spread um, uh, rejection of Christianity. I'm sorry, church, but you ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, it won't happen until, unless the apostasy comes first. And the man of lawless, lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. We all know who he is. Amen to that. He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he sits in God's temple. Now, y'all know that the temple that we talk about in in the Bible does not exist right now. Hello? So, in fact, where the temple is supposed to be is now currently the second or third holiest site in Islam. Yeah, that's going to get real interesting. We're not there yet. He's going to sit in this temple proclaiming that he himself is God. Don't you remember? This is Paul talking. Don't you remember that when I was still with you? I used to tell you about this and you... um, uh, and, and. Let me back up a little bit. And you you know what currently restrains him so that he will be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. 
but the, the one now restraining will do so until he is out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. All of that has not happened yet. The Lord Jesus will destroy him with the breath of his mouth and will bring him to nothing at the appearance of his coming. Whew. The coming of the lawless one is based on Satan's working. Listen, with every kind of miracle, both signs and wonders serving the lie. This guy's going to have some powers. Wow. And why, why, are we, why is Paul bringing all this up? It's because, look, we need not be worried. We need not be anxious because not all of these things have happened yet. When these things happen, oh, it's going to be horrible. It's going to be awful. But these things have not happened yet. God has uh, uh, given us time uh, to be able to witness to this world, to be able to carry on and do the things that he has called us to do. We still have a little bit of time. So let us not get weary in our well-doing. Let us continue to move forward doing what the Lord has asked us to do. So many of us just simply give up. We can't reach this generation. We can't reach the next one. We can't reach this world. This world's too far gone. But, but God is like saying, he's, it's not time yet. There's still people who are going to listen. There are still people who are going to respond, respond to his call of salvation. There is still work to do. And some of us may ask, well, then, I mean, if you're saying it like this, are we even in the end times at all? And I would tell you, yes. But just keep in mind, things change quickly. Uh, nobody saw the nation of Israel coming back in 1948, but they did. Nobody foresaw uh, uh, methods of these prophecies coming forward, but they did. You know, the, the Bible says that every eye will see him. And, and it's very interesting that, you know, up until then, you, you know, if you think of the earth as a globe and how, how's every eye going to see him? But now we have these... We've got TV, we've got satellites. All of a sudden, yeah, yeah, the times are here. But do not worry, okay? Things are happening, but we do not need to worry. The end has not happened yet. But we do know what is going to happen. But not only does Paul say that, he, he, he also moves on to the second point, is that the end won't affect us. Now, when we say us, we're talking about Christians. The end won't affect us. We don't need to be worried about these end times because the end is not going to affect us Christians. See, the end is scary for those that do not believe. But we, those of us who have trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, those of us who have, have given our lives to him, those of us who, 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 who hold on to the cross, who hold on to him, those of us who, who, who are proud to be called Christians, who will share our faith, 
for us. We don't need to be worried about this because this does not apply to us. And why should this uh, uh, not be a problem for us? It's because God saved us. Verse 9, the coming of the lawless one is based on Satan's working. With every kind of miracle, both signs and wonders, serving the lie. And with every wicked deception, among those, key, key, key phrase, among those who are perishing. They perish because they did not accept the love of the truth. And so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a strong delusion so that they will believe the lie, so that all will be condemned. Those who did not believe the truth, but delighted in unrighteousness. But we ought to thank God always for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord. Because from the beginning, God has chosen you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel so that you might obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. The church has a different future. The church, the, the, the elect, the, the, the body of Christ, we have a different future than those who are perishing. So we don't need to worry about the end times. We don't need to worry about uh, the so-called uh, uh, decline of the church. We don't need to worry about these things because God will preserve us. Why? Because he has already preserved us. He has already saved us. He has already delivered us. And, and, and then the, so then the question would be, well, why tell us this? If this doesn't apply to us, right? Like, what's the point? Why? Okay, so if this doesn't apply to us, why, why do we need to know these things? Why do we need to know the end if we're not going to be around for the end? And the answer has been the same throughout Scripture, is that this should motivate us to go out, not to stay in. Let me say it one more time. Knowing how horrible the end times are, knowing all of these things are going to happen, and knowing that this does not apply to us, this should motivate us to go out, not to stay in. God has given us the victory. If he has given us the victory, and I say if, since he has given us the victory, we don't need to be scared. We are not going to lose. The, 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 look at the scoreboard. It's, it's too late. They can't do anything about it. We won. It's not we're going to win. It's not God will... We won. <laughs> He's got us. Now, because we won, we shouldn't just try to celebrate the victory here. 
But go out and tell people, be part of the winning team. Be part of us. Be part of the ones that God has, has saved. Be part of the ones that God has chosen. Because God does not want that for you. He wants you to trust in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He wants you to believe in him, having uh, been born through the Virgin Mary, having lived 33 years, having been crucified on the cross for our sins and my sins, having died on that cross and having been buried, and on the third day, having got up from the grave with all power in his hand. He's victorious over sin. He's victorious over death. He's victorious over the devil. He wins. And you can win if you just place your faith in Jesus Christ. Basically, where we're getting with this is when we are secure in our relationship, then we are secure in our future. See, the is not going to affect us, and we don't want it to affect anybody else either. But one of the things that Jesus has saved us from is from these end times, is from this total death and destruction uh, that awaits the, 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 uh, the unrepentant. When we are secure in the fact that God has saved us, that he has redeemed us, that he actually keeps us, that he actually loves us, that he actually holds on to us. When we are secure in our relationship, then we're secure about the future. Because, you know, you understand that we don't have to know exactly what happens with the times. We just have to know the God who knows what's happening with the times. And as I get ready to close, verse 15, so then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold to the traditions you were taught, whether by what we said or what we wrote. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who has loved us and given us, get this, eternal encouragement and good hope by grace, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good work and word. The end should motivate us. These times should motivate us. The, 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 the destruction and despair that's going on in this world should motivate us. We had a mental health presentation and it, sometimes it seems like, ah, oh, that's another thing that's wrong with this world. This should motivate us because we have the God of the scriptures. We have the answer. And we win. We win. Our greatest need is not for God to change our circumstances. It is to strengthen us and encourage us despite the circumstances. And, and, and this goes for our personal lives too. It's okay for you to pray to the Lord uh, to change the situation. But what if the Lord wants to change you in the situation? 
It's okay to ask God to remove the, the, the crime and the drugs and the disease. But what if his answer is you? St. <laughs> John, we are praying for this community, and obviously we're praying for this church. But what if God is saying, I have empowered you? You win. You win. You are the way that you witness to these people. You are the way that, 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 that my love and my grace is bestowed upon them. You are the way to let them know that they are not only strong when there's no uh, uh, obstacles, but they are strong despite their obstacles. That, that, that you can have peace in the midst of chaos. Our greatest need is not for God to change our circumstances. It is to strengthen us despite the circumstances. And if I could just leave this last point, you know, the one who holds the future is the one who holds my hand. When our relationship is good, we're not worried. When our relationship with God is solid, we don't have to be anxious. We don't have to be afraid because our God will never leave us nor forsake us. He is not a man that he should lie, but he keeps his promises and what he said he shall bring it to pass. If he said that he, we are, uh, he is going to watch over us and protect us, he will do it because he is faithful and he is just. Even when we get faithless, uh, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. So church, I understand the world is going um, a certain way. I understand that when we look around, things seem hopeless. But understand that the one who holds the future is the one who holds our hand.